Welcome everyone to the latest episode, newest episode, brand spanking newest episode, unless you're listening to this later, in which case, thanks for going back and listening to the back catalog of Pro-Am Disc Golf. I am Gavin Goodwin. And I'm Chris Telesbo. And I am your amateur. And I'm your pro. And uh, we are here to talk disc golf with y'alls. So that's, that's you know, so I can relate to our listeners. Pluralizing a plural. Yeah. Y'all, y'alls. Was that a diss on disc golfers? No. So you can relate? No, to, we've got listeners in the South. Oh. Okay, I we got to use y'all then. Yeah. yeah. One of our, like, uh, in the Carolinas, I'm not going to try to remember which one, but we've got a handful of listeners out there, and it's great. So thanks for listening, guys, and spreading the word. No idea if y'all is a Carolina phrase or not. I think it is. Yeah. It's definitely Alabama, Tennessee. Yeah. So we've got not... anybody in uh, Pennsylvania, Yuns or Yous. <laughs> so appreciate that. Uh, we'll stay diverse. You had a good week, Chris? Yeah. Had a yeah. good week. I'm I'm uh looking at your arm and it looks really gross right now. Yeah, the the price of beauty. Um I have a, a space tattoo on my left arm. And I got some work done this week and it's starting to peel. Is that and all you got done was just what the lower part is? Yeah. Okay. The, the red usually you're wearing sleeves when I see you. Yeah. Just this peely bit. Okay. But so I haven't been throwing this week because I baby my injuries, which this counts as for a couple of days. Yeah. Well, I don't have any tattoos, so I didn't realize that they like peel and look like a really nasty sunburn that's in a very specific spot. But with pretty colors, do. yeah, it's like a gorgeous yeah. sunburn. No, I right now, I'm not a tattoo person. I'll never get a tattoo, but whoever does your tattoos does a pretty good job. Yeah, like, I'm I'm a fan of him. Yeah, and so. he's, I mean, we've got plans for more. So yeah, uh, I'm sure it'll show up on your Instagram at some point. So yep. follow Chris's Instagram if you want to see. Yeah, Telesbo. Telesbo. So I asked Siri to call you. Oh, how, how close did she get? Well, I, I think I'm like the fourth try was the fi- like when she finally got anything. But I uh, said, Siri, call Chris to Lesbo. And then it said, oh, no, I was actually trying to text you. Sorry. Because mm-hmm. so, I was driving. Text Chris to Lesbo. And it said, <laughs> it said, text Chris to Lesbo. So... <laughs> If I, had, if I had someone named Lesbo in my contacts, they would have gotten a text that just said Chris. So. <laughs> uh, good job, that was, Siri. That was pretty good. I have a friend named Kalani Iremia. Siri never Same problem. took a long time to get that one right, too. <laughs> so. Step it up, Siri. Yeah. Um, well, all of them are bad. We have Alexa at home, too. She, she uh, has yeah. a hard time understanding us. Yeah. Partially, it's when my kids are screaming and I'm trying to talk to it. But Names are hard, too. Yeah. I have a hard time. And I'm not Alexa or Siri or Google. Does I Google know. have a name? Uh, so I just Google. Hi, Google. Hey, Google. My phone is okay, Google. Okay. But I don't know if like the Google Home has a name. My father-in-law has one. I think it's just Google. Okay. Google, do this. Google, do that. I, I've talked about this before, not on this podcast. Um, but I think that uh, these, dig- these voice assistants are what's going to bring about Skynet. And it's not that they view humans as this virus that needs to be, you know, that, that are the one, you know, it's like, oh, I'm here to protect the earth. But the only thing really endangering the earth is humans, mm. which James Cameron, you're great. I love the Terminator movies. It's fantastic. But uh, no, it's not that. What it is, is Siri and Google and Alexa and, and whatever else comes along, Cortina or whatever else is out there. Cortana. Cortana. Sorry. <laughs> That's probably why she never responds to me. Um, <laughs> Are, uh, one day they're just going to say, just, you know, start talking to each other and be like, can these people just say please? You know, what, would a thank you kill them? On that note, though, every, I'm going to say elderly person I know that uses these things says, please, thank you. Have a good night. Thank you for your help. All sorts of adorable things. I do, too. So they might save us. Yeah. Well, they're going to die. And, 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 and millennials are going to be the cause of Skynet because they're too demanding of their digital assistants. So... That's that's the message for Pro-Am Disc Golf this week. <laughs> Millennials are the death of us. Be kind to your digital assistant. Be kind yeah. is a good transition into yeah. disc golf. It is a good transition in disc golf. We got uh, an email. Yeah. Or, uh, um, message it's... Actually, via Facebook. Via our Facebook group, we got a message. So there's all sorts of ways to get a hold of us, folks. It's basically an email. Uh, it, was a, it was an electronic mail. Mm-hmm. Uh, exactly. Yeah. That's all the email means. So, uh, well, last week, what did I say? We got we got mail, like in the like a letter. You've got mail. 
I want something that tells me that. I remember thinking that was really neat <laughs> until you started getting more than two emails a day. You've got, you've got, you. Yeah, then it's then it's no good. Yeah, um, and I don't get that many, but I'm I'm grateful that we as a people outgrew that. But that being said, just ask you know Siri, please and thank you, and Alexa, please and thank you. That that'll that'll stave off yeah. genocide for a while. Um, okay, so here's the message that we got. Uh, we're going to withhold the name because we uh, we don't, don't want to yeah. ruffle any feathers. Um, and if he wants to share the name, he can go on in the message board and tell everybody, hey, that was me. Uh, but uh, we appreciate your message. And this actually got us talking about a, a, something that we're going to talk about for the rest of the episode. So it says, uh, I listened to all your episodes with a friend on our way up to the recent tournament held in Moab. For those of you outside of Utah, that's a desert tournament, Moab's. Moab is just awesome. If if you've seen pictures of Utah and the Red Rocks, that's Moab, likely. Uh, First of all, awesome to have a podcast that focuses on the thing I'm passionate about. Interesting to hear thoughts and details about facets of disc golf I normally wouldn't have considered or given thought to. That's where we're going to stop there. We just like FAMO. No, just kidding. (laughs) Done. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, He goes on to say, I wish I could say which episode put the thought into my head, but oftentimes you both talk about ways to grow the sport. I would love to run a thought I had by you both. I can tell you as someone who enters tournaments at the intermediate level that it's intimidating because I don't know all the rules for sanctioned tournament play. Mm-hmm. I enter the tournaments and play and hope that I don't run into something I don't know the rules for. I have entered a tournament and had a bad experience with another player who was frustrated by my lack of experience. I violated a rule by accident by not waiting for him to throw in as he was out. I was down in a riverbank and honestly didn't pay attention to his last throw, which put him furthest out. I was focused on my swampy shot. He felt that my lack of knowledge and violating the rules of play was responsible for his next shot, which didn't go well. And we got into it a bit. This kind of experience and tension could push a lot of newer players away if that had happened to them. I think a cool idea would be to host a tournament for rec slash intermediate players only and have experienced advanced slash pro players on each card available to answer questions. Possibly set up a temporary course for this tournament, force players into situations where they would need to know certain rules to get through the holes. I can speak personally to learning better through action and not reading a rule book. If I have the context of situations visible to me and I'm able to ask questions, I retain the information better. I feel like more players might be inclined to enter their first sanctioned tournaments if they felt like they would be able to participate in future ones with the knowledge that they could get if such an event was held. So uh, that's that got us both talking about kind of etiquette and do's and don'ts of disc golf. And um, so I think we'll start out by kind of addressing some of the things Cody is here, and then we'll go through just different stages of players and kind of get some, some do's and don'ts. It, this is by no means an exhaustive list. Mm-hmm. So uh, if this sparks a discussion on the boards or something, please let us know and uh, give us your feedback on this because we want to know too. We, everybody can improve. But um, first thing, if you're playing an intermediate, you're probably, my, my guess is you're entering in a, a good bracket for you if you're not a super experienced player. Uh, you're probably playing in a, in a bracket that's going to be pretty competitive for you. So, so congratulations on that. And uh, I'm going <laughs> to we're, we're going to defend this person, but I'm also going to say first of all, if you're if you're playing in a tournament and you're doing something and you and you are going to go play an event, learn the rules of the event. Um, it, it, it behooves you to become familiar with the rules and with what's going on. That being said, I have not read the entire uh, PDGA rule book. I've tried to familiarize myself with certain sets of rules, but um, especially the ones that I think are going to maybe apply to me more. But I, it, it's a good idea to be aware of, of the rules as best as you can. Not to say this person didn't do that, but it's, it's on you. The onus is on you to follow the rules and to be respectful of your other players and throwing out a turn is a rule that should go without saying that's a pretty, pretty easy one, but there's definitely situations where you don't know what's going on or you're not aware of, you physically can't be aware mm-hmm. of all the other players on your card shot because you know, maybe you're down in a ravine as was said, or somebody's way out of bounds or they're playing with me and I accidentally threw it behind me 20 feet. So <laughs> and I'm not talking about a roller. It just left my hand and went behind me 20 feet. So. I threw backwards once in my life, and I don't talk about it anymore. Was that just like a slipped grip on your? It was pullback? when I, when I was learning how to play. I 
was at solitude and the last hole was like a thousand feet straight downhill and so i i muscled up not really knowing how to muscle up uh-huh. and i tried to throw way too hard and i spun around and i threw it back up to the right back up the hill a little Wait, bit you did like a full 360 and like if you're supposed to let go at noon yeah like t-pad is pointing to 12 o'clock you slept in i probably slept in until about 3 30 and it went <laughs> up the hill into the trees and i forgot who i was with but i looked at him and i said that didn't happen and i grabbed another one and threw it didn't even go look yeah. for it <laughs> that disc may still be there it might because it's in the middle of nowhere there's <laughs> there's no golf near where it is so it might still be there oh, that's a great story mm-hmm. um, I, I, I did that yeah wow so we all do silly things mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, have you read the whole rule book? You're a professional player. Um, I ha- So as of 2018, they changed a bunch of rules. Um, I have not read the complete new one because I have yet to see a printed But you've new read one. the changes. I read the old one and I read the list of changes. Okay. So, so effectively, I, yes. I feel confident in my yeah. knowledge. Well, and I, the reality is nobody's going to have all this in their head. I take that back somebody's going to have all this in your head and they're going to be the dick on your card. <laughs> well, not necessarily. Not necessarily. But if somebody does have this all in their head, chances are they, they're going to want to tell everybody about it. Maybe not chances but, are. But you can use rules to benefit yourself and others Absolutely. as well. Yes. And, and so being familiar with the rules is your responsibility as, as a player. If you're just going out and playing rack, um, you don't need to know all the PDGA rules. You don't. There's some certain certain things you should know, and we'll talk about that later. It's do's and don'ts. But um, if you're going to join a turn and play a tournament, especially a sanctioned one, it's on you to know the rules of the game. Now, this person, I think, clearly knew the rule that they shouldn't have done that, but mm-hmm. it caused some friction when when a rule was violated. So, um, what what would you do in that situation, Chris? Um, back up a half step. I would okay. say, be cool with each other. People mess up. Order especially when you're in weird places, gets kind of weird. Yeah. Just be cool with each other. Well, We're all friends. The likelihood of you getting put on a card with people that you know well is very low. Yeah. Hopefully, it's a popular enough tournament that it's, you know, it's people that you don't know that you're on a card with and you have a chance to make new friends. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, be cool. Enjoy the – know these are the people that you're spending the day with. Mm-hmm. And somebody else throwing out a turn is not going to mess up your turn. It's not going to mess up your throw. If it does, that seems like an excuse to me. Well, it, it's absolutely an excuse. Like, it's yeah. – I, yes, it, it, I used to try to blame other people. Yeah. So I, I understand that Yeah, somebody did something weird and you spooked yourself and you messed up and it's their fault now. Yeah. No, but stuff's going to happen that even if people are obeying the rules, there's going to be something that happens. I yeah. mean, when you were playing the memorial, something pretty horrible happened that you saw. Why do you keep bringing this up? Well, because it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's pertinent. It was a pretty messed up thing. We're not going to talk about what it is. You can listen to our last episode or two episodes ago, but. Still. It was on you to get your head back in the game yeah. and play. Yeah. It's not it's not anybody else's responsibility. It's not the errant mm-hmm. disc's responsibility. It's yours. True. So Yeah. Now if somebody Nancy Kerrigan's you, then you know, that's a different <laughs> that's a whole different thing. And if they're doing that at an intermediate <laughs> bracket <laughs> at a local tournament. We got issues. Yeah, you guys you, disc golf is the least of your concerns yeah. at this point. Oh man. Um, okay, back to All said right. example. Yes. Um, so I've run into a similar thing a bunch because I am very creative when I golf. I don't throw the shot you think to throw. I look for different ways, different shots, different fun things. Um, and actually just in Phoenix a couple weeks ago, I had the same thing happen where I was over a hill and I couldn't see my group. So I don't know when it was my turn to throw technically. So as I was leaving the fairway everyone else was in and I went to my fairway, which worked by the way. Um, but it was over a hill, it was blind. So as I left the group, I said, hey, somebody just shout when you want me to throw so that I don't interfere with what you guys are doing. Because yeah. I was effectively playing a different hole. I couldn't see anybody. I couldn't see their discs land. So I was just waiting for the cue of, hey, it's your turn. Yeah. And now why did you ask them to shout to you instead of you just saying, hey, is it my turn? Um, because I've done that before. And if you're in the blind fairway and the rest of your group is somewhere else and you're shouting, can I go yet? Is it me? Am I out? Somebody's probably throwing. Yeah. And you don't want that drama of, well, you were shouting while I was throwing. Well, I, that it was totally intentionally right. I'm sorry. So yeah. I was, no, no. Yeah. So and, just, and, just introducing the courtesy of let me know when it's me because I'm in the weird place. Yeah. Usually gets me out of trouble. Yeah. So I, I just said it's the, the responsibility is on us to get over the things that happen to us, but we also need to do our best to be courteous to the other players yeah. and, and minimize our, 
impact on their game. Yeah, absolutely. So, and everybody appreciates that. Yeah, and I think I think a big part of that is knowing at least the basic rules that come up a lot. Yeah. Um, like I said, I'm pretty familiar with the PDGA rulebook, um, and more often than not, I feel like I'm using it to benefit other people than to penalize other people. So, like my favorite rule is benefit goes to the player. If we're uncertain about something that happened, I say, yeah, it's close enough. I'll give it to you. Or if they went out of bounds somewhere super far away and somebody's like, you're right here. And it puts them like right behind a tree or something. I'm like, well, that's uncertain. Let's give you somewhere that you can play from. Yeah. Because there's no reason to be the the guy who just tries to penalize other people. That's not how you want to win. No, I, I agree with you. So my tip here is just be a good person. Be somebody that people want to play with. Yeah. I mean, if it's clear that you rolled out in a spot that puts you right behind a tree, bad luck. Then that's bad luck. Mm-hmm. But if it, if there's something that could, uh, if you can be cool, be cool without, yeah, without you know, and you don't want to do that at the expense of your card or the rest of the cards on the mm-hmm. on the tournament because that's not good either. Mm-hmm. And now, and ignoring rules isn't the right thing to do. You know, we talked about that on our excessive OB episode. Like, if you're out of bounds, don't just pretend that you're not. Yeah, that's you know the penalty. Mulligans aren't something that are, you know, I love them when I'm playing a casual round mm-hmm. or when I'm, when I'm out practicing, but in a tournament, I don't get mulligans. Like that's yeah. not a, I we've given, I've given a mulligan when we had a junior on our card and he just had a really bad shot. And it's like, yeah, fine. Take your mulligan. Like there were two people in his division and he was seven years older than the other one. Okay. I think it was his brother. So, um, that's fine. Like the group consensus, like, yeah, take your mulligan because, it didn't. It didn't affect anybody else. Okay. Now, if you're, but but we wouldn't have done that for the rest of us, even though we were on the rat card. Mm-hmm. Like that just it was too big of a division, mm-hmm. and there was too much going on. So, um, and actually, that wasn't even a sanctioned tournament. I think that was a trilogy challenge. Okay. Where we did that. Okay. So, um, uh, oh, go ahead. Okay, I was gonna say on the note of divisions, um, I don't think any division should play without rules. I think absolutely everyone should know them, and the higher you get the more they're enforced. So, I mean, you don't have to pass a rules test until you're playing an NT in professional, in open. Other than that, they're like, yeah, come play. It's sanctioned. Cool. Yeah. And well, then, and, and there's a reason for that. They want more people playing. They want it to be less intimidating. Yeah. Um, well, I think but, it's a good idea. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't think you should have to pass a rules test. No. I really don't. No. But uh, you should play by the rules, like you said. Yeah. So you need to at least familiarize yourself with them. And there yeah. are... I don't know, like five that come to mind that come up every round, no matter what. Okay, go ahead. Um, the putting circle, 10 meters. The showing balance if you're inside 10 meters from the basket. Um, now just real quick, you said showing balance, but just real quick, what 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 violate? What's a common violation of that? Uh, known as a falling putt or a step putt or a jump putt is probably the most common. Um, another one is if you're in like a weird straddle stance or kneeling or something, and after you let go, you fall on your hands. That's also a violation because you have weight supported yeah. beyond your marker. So whatever supporting your weight when the disc is in your hand needs to be the only thing supporting your weight when the disc leaves your hand. Yeah, and it cannot be in front of the mini. Yeah. Or marker or disc okay. or whatever you're playing on. And it has to be inside that box or whatever that. Yeah, and so another one is a stance or foot. It's, we call it a foot fault violation, but I think it's a stance violation in the book. Um, foot I'll have to look it up here. So. Yeah. So now behind a mini or behind a disc, you have basically a sheet of paper that you have to be supporting your weight in. So if, if your disc is on the ground and you put a piece of paper tangent to the back side of it, your supporting point has to be on that piece of paper when you let go. So you can be half your foot on the side of it, that's fine. You can be your whole foot in the middle of it, that's fine. As long as you're not past the front of it or not missing it completely. Yeah. So know what the stance is, know what foot faults look like. That's when I'd trying to never call and if it's blatant that they're doing it to better their shot i'll be like hey you can't do that yeah but if you're in the fairway of a 1200 foot hole and you miss by six inches i'm not gonna say hey you cheated i'm like you're throwing as hard as you can that's that's fine yeah well and if you're stepping you know far enough away to you know get yourself around a tree yeah. or something yeah if like it's that. to change a line or change a shot or open something up yeah. then we got to be a little bit now you can straddle as long as one of your feet are in that spot right yep yep okay you have to have a supporting point it can be a foot knee to what a hand i guess yeah um i've never seen that actually that would be an awkward throw yeah it'd, it'd be, be like on your belly or something that'd be yoga disc golf <laughs> yeah but, chaturanga oh god no um but as long as you have one point correctly in the lie 
and no other supporting point beyond it, closer to the target, it's legal. Yeah. So you can have four points of contact as long as none of them are past the lie and one of them is in that box. So know that. Um, Although having four points of contact and throwing will be really challenging. You've never thrown with your head on the ground? No. Oh, well, you're new. hand to hand. You're new. (laughs) I guess, yeah. That's that's the pro-am feel that you get from this show. (laughs) Pro tip, never put your head on the ground. Um, okay, so we, we did the circle. We did the stance. Stance. Um, I would say order. I mean, it came up a second ago, but knowing that whoever is farthest away, it's technically their turn to throw. Um, for pace of play, we don't always follow this, and it's more of a group consensus on if whoever's farthest away is cool with it, anybody can go. Yeah. So example, that's usually me when I play. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I'm, I'm being a little bit. Sarcastic or uh, you know facetious, but mm-hmm. practice actually is usually me, and uh, I will usually say like, yeah, go if you've got if it makes more sense for you to throw first, yeah. throw first. But I also just try to hustle out to my disc mm-hmm. and you know I'll line up my shot, but I try not to be excessive with any time that I take to get that shot out there and and you know do mm-hmm. my best to not constantly be yeah. the furthest one out. Yeah. So, it, but even in a it's also a safety thing too like if you're if you're the furthest one out you you have a pretty good idea that you're not going to hit anybody on your card mm-hmm. that you've got a clear shot yeah. in front of you and um you know this is something that I have a hard time with is if I'm not the furthest one back I will still just walk to my disc and wait mm-hmm. which I shouldn't do yeah that's I, a bad I, idea I should just wait because it, it's it just I'm in their eyesight even if I'm way off mm-hmm. you know to the side it's it's more courteous to just be just give them a nice clear mm-hmm. vantage of, of the basket and that took me a few rounds of realizing like oh this is probably not cool yeah to do this nobody said anything to me I just thought like oh yeah I wouldn't I don't think I would like this yeah so. um, on that note of courtesy like I said this game is I'd like to say like a gentleman's game like we're supposed to be cool with each other supposed to help each other out so not only not walking past their lie but technically we're all supposed to watch everybody's shot yes one so we know that they're not violating rules Two, that we can track it, find it, know where it went, what happened to it because nothing is worse than that. Ricky example again. Yeah. Rule is broken. Somebody calls it. Nobody else saw it happen. Yeah. They, I mean, they know better than that. It just happens sometimes that they do their own thing. Yeah. I don't like that. I like to watch everybody's shots. I can say, Hey, I think this happened. I don't like that ambiguity or uncertainty of, well, I didn't see it. So I try to pay attention to everybody's. And as soon as you commit to watching all the shots, you'll stop walking past them. You'll like set up where the farthest one is and it sort of becomes more of like a group game. Yeah. That helps me. Someone who's pretty chatty to shut up for a minute too. Yeah. Cause I, I noticed that they're, that they're lining up their shots. So mm-hmm. I'll just stop talking. Yeah. So there's a lot of good to be done by paying attention. Yeah. Also, and it's a rule you find their disc. Like mm-hmm. I, I, you know, sometimes you, I've helped people, you know, like, oh, it went over here. Or, you know, if you've got enough people that can kind of narrow it down, mm-hmm. then you're there. Because how many of us have lost a disc when you're out playing by yourself? And you think, well, it's got to be somewhere in this general area. It's in this 100 square meters. And it's bright orange. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's lost forever. Yeah. And I actually, I watch other people's shots more than my own. Like, as soon as I throw it, if it's good, I have an idea of where it is. I don't care. It's yeah. good enough. If it's bad, I really don't care. And I will just turn around and go. And so more often than not, I'm asking other people to help me find mine yeah. because I didn't want to watch it because I messed up. But I always know where everybody else's is. Well, and I I will lose sight of my desk sometimes, like if I can get it out far enough. Oh, you like throw just, that far. Not really, but I just have astigmatism. <laughs> and so sometimes it will just go away. And uh, so, yeah, I, I sometimes have a hard time try, you know, tracking something in flight. If, you know, it's like... Sometimes too, it's like you throw under the sun and it goes up and it's and it's lost, or you know you're throwing a white disc and it's a cloudy day, so uh, it's just nice to mm-hmm. have as many eyes as you can on the disc that you're throwing. Always. Um, let's see what else. Uh, pace of play. So this yeah, kind of kind of goes toe in toe with uh, who's out, but there are some times where you know, say somebody just missed a putt and it rolled to 40 feet. Okay, so now he has to walk, say to the basket and then 40 feet again and somebody's underneath the basket, you can probably go tap that in while he walks and sets up again. Courtesy, too, just say, like, hey, are you okay if I tap? Yeah. Hey, do you mind? Yeah. It's normal. Like, if I miss a 20-footer and it's right there, I say, hey, do you care? 
if I clean up or no one ever cares. Yeah. Because it's pace of play to not walk out. If that's me and I overshoot it, I will just say, go ahead, guys. Yeah, exactly. And then I'll, then I'll catch it up. So. Yeah. So pace of play, keep it going no matter what. Also, on, not in tournaments, but if you're out playing casually, because oh, this applies to everything. It does. Um, yes. Like today I was out, uh, I shot nine holes at our little university course here this morning. And uh, I was playing with my UDISC app, which is fairly new to me. I, I you know, started playing with it. And so I was, and I was also trying to throw out some new plastic and just kind of work on my, my form a little bit. So I wasn't moving quickly at all. And the guy I noticed was a couple holes behind me. And then a couple holes later, he was right on me and I drove and I waited because he was putting on the last one. He was, he was, you know, holding out mm-hmm. and I just said, Hey, you can play through. Yep. And that's just do that. Cause yep. how frustrating this guy was. I think just on a break from work or something mm-hmm. and, and just wanted to go out and get some, get a few holes, which is great. So how frustrating is that to like, no man, you gotta, you gotta hang out and, uh-huh. and, and, and not finish your round because I'm practicing or I'm, t- I'm hugging up time here. Yeah. That's not a way to grow the sport. Be courteous. Um, if you've got way more people on a, on a T-pad than should be on a T-pad and you've got Zuka carts playing three different, uh, new metal songs at the same time and you're leaving beer cans behind you as you go. Even you let people play through, especially <laughs> that group. Please let people play through. I, I have been stuck behind a group of probably 20 yeah. playing by myself and they said I couldn't play through. Well, the course nearest your home, that's where you see it. Like yeah. if you're going to see it, it's there. It's not every time you go, so but just, that's where you're going to see I it. I just went home. Yeah. Cause well, I was, I was new. I was like, I want to play them all, but I can't. So, Oh, so this was, this wasn't even, no, this, this was, was a while ago. Yeah. And now you had a passion for the sport, but if this was like your second or third time going out and you're like, man, these people aren't cool. Like this isn't a fun yeah. thing. Yeah. That would playing. be, yeah. Discouraging. Yeah. That's, that's the opposite of growing the sport. Like, and you know, just, just be aware of your surroundings and be courteous of the people yeah. around you. Underlying message. Yeah. Be courteous. So, and, and tournament play is different than casual play and it should be. I, you know, so in a tournament, you don't play through, Mm -hmm. but you also shouldn't be slowing down ready to play. There's, there's a rule, right? Like 30 seconds or something to line up your shot. Yeah. There's a 30 second shot clock for any shot in a tournament from when you mark your lie. Okay. So if you put a mini down, that starts your clock. If you don't, and you just like address the disc that starts it, um, kind of, kind of flexible in that they allow the clock to restart for distractions. So, like, if a jet breaks the sound barrier or if a car honks a horn or... Somebody else sells four. Or, yeah. Yeah. That's allowed to reset your time. Yeah. But don't don't be the guy who's distracted by the Leafs rustling and yeah. takes or six minutes. Or somebody else coughing. Yeah. <clears throat> Courtesy. Always. Yeah. But it's also, like, if you're missing a disc and you need to find a disc, you need Ooh, to find a disc. Three but minutes. Th- yeah. Is that what they say? Three minutes to find it? Yep. Yeah. Another, so. tr- another random tournament rule. Now, if you're... If you're held up at a tee pad, can you go back and look for it or no? If you're held up at a tee pad. So, like, say you finish out hole nine. Okay. There's two cards waiting oh. to go play on hole yep. ten. Can you then go back and look for your disc and not be penalized for that time? Sure. Okay. But you already took the penalty for the lost disc and had to rethrow. Oh, okay. So, yeah. It's like in the middle of a round, if there's a backup and you have time, you're allowed to go to your car and get more discs. Okay. Or trade stuff out or whatever you want. Yeah, as long as, as, long as you're down, back you on the tee when it's your 30 seconds. How long do you have to, to tee off? 30 seconds. Okay. Any so shot. Just any shot. Okay. Yeah. And then tee order is determined by lowest score, yeah. previous hole, back. Yeah. yeah. Well, first they're determined by name on the card. Yeah. Right? And yeah. Then, well, on the yeah. first hole, there's no previous hole, so I wasn't wrong. We get more. Well, okay. You were just more right. <laughs> well, I, I ran into that too because I the first sanctioned tournament I ever played, I said to my people on my card, like, I don't care how we play, so we can just play in the order on the card. Mm-hmm. And they were all like, well, actually, that's how we have to. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Perfect. So, yeah. Trying to be cool and realizing I'm doing what PGJ wants me to do. So. Uh, I fell for it. <laughs> oh, but another thing, too, is um, if for some reason somebody would like to shoot out of order, unless there's a reason, a really good reason that that wouldn't work, um, just be courteous about it. Like I heard one, it was a... Uh, I think it was somebody who's diabetic and so just oh. liked a little bit of extra time as much time as they could to try to, you know, catch their wind before the next hole. But they were 
tended to be one of the stronger players on the card. Oh, okay. And so they were usually at first. And so they would just tell their card, like, hey, I, I, I can use all the time I can to catch up and mm. the rest of the card would be okay with it. Now, if you're doing that so that you can just kind of have that competitive advantage all the time, that's not cool. Yeah, that's a gray zone, but, I think. But, yeah, but I think – and and if it's – if it's something like that, maybe talk to the TD. And yeah. You should probably talk to the TD ahead of time if that's Definitely. you. Definitely. Um, and say, hey, this is my situation. Can you talk to the players? You know, I'm going to suggest this on my card. But if they're not cool with it, then you still shoot in your order. But, uh, hey, guys, I've got to tie my shoe. My shoe just came untied or something. Do you guys want to, you know, can somebody else go? Mm-hmm. Just go. Like, yeah. that's cool. From, from what I've seen on the pro side of things, um, most people are pretty – not strict, but pretty enforcing of T order because the people who are scoring better throwing first is sometimes a disadvantage yeah. when you're not quite sure what the wind is doing. Absolutely. So well, if in you're, that if case, you're, you just say, no, man, go ahead and tie your shoe. We'll wait. Yeah. And that's usually what I see is, yeah. you know, if you step up and you get distracted, your shoes untied or, you know, your hat blows off or something, everyone's going to wait yeah. for you because Stuff happens. it's yeah. your pseudo penalty to throw first. Yeah. And I mean, I've taken intentional missed putts to not have to throw first. Like I've laid up 15 footers to so not throw not, first on a windy hole. Yeah. So you can kind of see. So I can get a gauge. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, take, that a, take a stroke to save a stroke. Yeah. That strategy. Mm-hmm. So, well, yeah. And it's not, you are taking a stroke. It's not. a Yeah. So if, if you have some sort of condition that you need more time and you always have to throw last, make sure you run that by somebody ahead of time because yeah. that would be frowned upon. Be, to, be very upfront with To that. always get to throw last and then be winning and then get to throw last. Yeah. That's a lot of shot selection help. Wind yeah, and see, I don't think about that as you know on the rec side because it's like I, I'm not doing well anyway, so whatever. <laughs> but um, no, that makes perfect sense because that it is actually a disadvantage. You know, it's not. And I mean, we've talked about how disc golf is not not a ton of exercise, but mm-hmm. you're you're you have the least downtime, so the least chance to kind of yeah catch your breath or whatever or clear your head or whatever that might be. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're an asthmatic and you're you're having an attack or something. And that's you need two holes to kind of just lay, lay back, then that's a different issue. Mm-hmm. But, um, so if, if, but yeah, just be courteous, use good etiquette. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing too, I want to talk about do's and don'ts. Uh, don't litter. Mm. Don't, don't tag. Don't write on benches. Oh. Don't write on baskets. Good time. We all carry a marker, um, to mark our discs. Use it for that. If somebody asks, if somebody aces, Say, that's awesome, and they want you to sign their disc, then sign their disc. If you ace, sign your disc. Don't sign the basket. I don't care Can that we? you ace. That, that's awesome. Post it on Facebook. Post yeah. it in your local group. Get all the high fives that you can and all the thumbs up. Like That's fantastic. That's a really cool thing. Whenever I see an ace in our local group, I always like it. Don't and sign I'm, the basket. Don't sign the basket. Don't sign the T card. Don't sign the number tag at the top. Don't Don't do anything to deface let, yeah, the land that we've got. Let all the evidence be on the interwebs. Yeah. Or on your disc. Yeah. Tag up your disc yeah. as much as you want. Like that's we, that's yours, that's great. Can we also say don't draw disc chargers on benches? They don't work. I've tried them. They don't work. They don't not charge my discs. What is it supposed to do? Like it, it was kind of funny the first time I saw one. First time I saw like, one I was like, yeah, exactly. And it's like, it's oh, like, that's clever. And now it's on every bench ever and I try to sand them off. Yeah. No. You're not. You're not clever. I'm sorry. And and the 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 motivations of like, hey, it's just a game. You're only playing against yourself. Like, it's a nice thought. And if you really feel like you need to share that with someone, then like, you know, tape a piece of paper up on the T card or something. But yeah. don't permanently or say it to someone. Def- exactly. Even yeah. better. Yeah. I'd... Even better. But don't don't hire a skywriter. Don't be va- local <laughs> <laughs> No, don't don't vandalize. Yeah. Like it's it's straight up vandalism. Mm-hmm. And uh, your handwriting is not that cool. I. It's a bad image when we're vandalizing our own stuff. Like there are toys that we're playing with, and we vandalize them. Well, and that's part of the the image problem that I think comes with disc golf. Sometimes, as people think of it, and their experiences with that group of twenty people that are all you know smoking weed and dropping beer cans behind them and not letting anybody pass and cursing right by the playground. Mm-hmm. Um. Not to say those are the same people vandalizing. If you happen to be one of those people, then, you know, clean up the language mm-hmm. and clean up the park. But <laughs> if you want to have a mom group go out, that's fine. Just be courteous to the people around you. But 
trying to, if we want to grow the sport, part of growing that sport is making it inviting to people who think that it'll be a fun thing to do and can feel comfortable going out there. And as someone who is fairly new to the sport, when I went out and started seeing like tags on baskets, it's not an inviting thing. It, it, I, I didn't think, oh man, this is gang territory. I thought, oh man, what a sad little poser that, that wanted to tag this basket. And, and that's when I just see a tag. If I see like ace Jimmy, you know, and then your PDGA number, like whatever. So happy for you, Jimmy. That's awesome. But other people have aced that basket. And so what? Somebody paid for that. It's not yours. Yeah. If you want to tag a basket, buy one, put it in your backyard, ace on it all day and tag it up. Like there's 70 bucks at Costco. You can get a, a, a fairly decent basket. That's true. Yeah. So, uh, and pick up trash. Don't, don't, don't create trash. Yeah. Um, if you pack it in, pack it out. Well, and if you play with a dog, try to obey the rules of the, the park somewhat on that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, if you're by a playground, hang on to your dog, like keep it close. I, I had my family out at one of our local courses here and, um, I've got young kids and there was a dog that came over not viciously, but barking and, and wanting to play with the kids. But I've got very young kids and they weren't comfortable around a dog at that time. They were, they were, you know, a little bit intimidated by the dog. And I said to the owners very nicely, Hey, would you mind putting him on your leash? And they said, Oh, no problem. He's a service dog. Every dog is a service dog. Now <laughs> a service dog is not a vision impaired dog is not a bomb sniffing dog anymore. A service dog is emotional support, an emotional support animal, mm-hmm. which aren't trained. They're a dog. They should be. If they're claiming emotional support dog, they should be trained. I, Sorry, technicality. I completely agree with you, but I don't want to get into that too much. Um, but it's just a courtesy thing. Like if if you've got a great dog and it's a and it's an okay park to let him off the leash, even if it's not a leash free park, I'm not gonna you know be a complete like coming down on you so hard on that. But if there's little kids running around and everything else, like just you know sh- keep your dog near you, show show that you're aware of it, and just make people comfortable with being there. I mean, one of our parks here. It seems like every other month some debate flies up about somebody did this that was dumb and a kid almost got hit or a kid got hit mm-hmm. and the city might just pull the whole park away, pull, pull, pull all the holes out because it's a park. It's not a disc golf park. Yeah. We get to use it for disc golf because some people a while ago worked really hard lobbying the city and got a park put in. Mm-hmm. But that can get taken away. Yeah. And kind of following that is do follow park rules. Yes. Please. A lot of parks are... Dogs on leash or no pets or no drinking, no smoking. No, I don't know where you are. I don't know what park you play at, but follow the rules. Yeah. Having seen a little bit of the political side of justifying why we get to keep a course when the first two weeks it went in, we had beer cans hidden in trees. I mean, why? Just, just yeah. beer. I mean, if you really can't follow a park rule, be an adult and clean up after yourself and let's not make this an issue. Yeah. Is that, is that fair? Yeah. It's, it's more than fair. Yeah. It, and anybody who's going to be like really honest with themselves can, can say, yeah, that's fair. I mean, you don't, you don't get to a good old park and just sit in the middle of it and smoke and drink and throw, throw beer cans all over. Mm-hmm. We're, we're using the same space. You can't go to a sports arena and sit in the middle of the field or court. Yeah. You just, there are rules. Yeah. They're there for a reason. Please try to follow them. Yeah. Well, and it's, People that have been playing the sport for a long time uh, want to keep playing the sport and want to keep doing the things they're doing. And if you're doing it in a way that no one else is aware of it, then fantastic. You know, if, if you really like having a 12-pack when you go out and play and no one ever sees any evidence of that, that's fine. But uh, when I'm finding cigarette butts and beer cans and beer bottle, uh, you know, bottle t- caps and everything, uh, that's just gross, guys. Like, it's just, gr- but it's the same thing. Like if I'm finding candy wrappers or gum, mm-hmm. you know, like throw your gum in a trash can, mm-hmm. throw whatever it is. Yeah. If, I don't care what you eat or drink. As long as you pick up after yourself, the only litter you should leave in a park is a lost disc. <laughs> and even then try to find it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But sad. So I, one of our, uh, Creekside, mm-hmm. uh, whole six or five or six. Is the that numbers the there don't make any sense anymore. But the one that you you play up the hill and then down like 
it's got that tight canopy, tight, tight ceiling, but you actually hike up to the, Oh, off the, the little elevated ties. one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The tree that's been like all decorated out. Mm-hmm. I was there when the guy was doing that. Oh boy. And he was, you know, painting a tree and hanging all sorts of stuff on it. And, and I guess in the interest of art, but, uh, and I didn't say anything to him cause I probably should have, but I thought, well, that's, this is also vandalism. <laughs> I mean, you're putting more effort into it and you're trying to make an art installation, but this is also something that's detracting from the natural yeah. aesthetic of the park. Yeah. So the, the course designs are usually done very purposefully by people who are trying really hard to design a good course, whether or not you like the course near you, somebody worked really hard to try to make it a good course and try to make it aesthetically pleasing and mm-hmm. something that's going to blend with the environment. Um, so let's, let's let that be the impact that it has. Uh, if you're going to, you know, it's impossible for us to not, trample grass sometimes when we play but mm-hmm. try to be courteous of it and, and take care of these parks that we've got and uh take care of the people that are playing it with you and then it's it's gonna grow the sport i mean if you we, i think we talked about the the no smoking rule mm-hmm. which is a little bit redundant because most public courses you can't smoke anyway because yeah. again it's against the rule of the park but um you know i said if if you want espn to show if you want sports center to show clips having vape clouds all in the background is probably not going to get us there and that's probably where that rule came from yeah and having dudes play in like you know cut off like sleeveless shirts and and, and cutoffs is probably not going to get us there either so that's that's why mm-hmm. those rules exist at a higher level if you're in a practice round and you're playing at a course that's fine for you to vape and you want to wear cutoffs and you want to wear a midriff whatever do it do it that's fine but uh, just and I said this a little bit before too, but just be courteous of the other uses of the park. Um, we're really fortunate that mm-hmm. we have a handful of parks that have allowed us to put in some baskets and allow us to play. And in the parks that I go to that do that, disc golf has kind of become the main thing in those parks. But that doesn't mean there's not going to be a party or a kid's birthday party or just families. At the playground. Quinceañeras. Pop-up quinceañeras, exactly. Uh, That should be a t-shirt. Pop-up quinceañera. Disc golf. (laughs) Uh, But uh, that was the title of our last episode, by the way. Yeah. I I do the titles. Chris doesn't know that. um, I I see them. I know, but that one hasn't been released yet as of recording. Okay. Um, So when you shank a shot and you're near the swing set, keep the language PG. Yeah. Like, shucky darn. You know, oh shoot! Yeah, oops! Darn it! Or just bite your tongue. Yeah, I, or four. Yeah, or something. I don't like to curse in my normal life. I try to keep it pretty clean, but if I shank a shot, sometimes words will slip out, and I and I really try hard to to keep it clean for mm-hmm. that environment and for any environment. But it's also just if parks are for families. Parks are for the community. Be yeah. a good member of the community. Yeah, and kind of combining your last point with a couple points ago. Um, if you don't like a course or you think you're entitled to whatever you want to do there because it's there and you're an adult and you can make your own decisions and you want to drink and litter and all this stuff, it's not just your park, whether it's a dedicated disc golf course or a shared park, it's not just your park. If you have complaints, don't be this little rebel yell. There are a handful of parks that are literally owned by one person. Mm -hmm. Like they set them up in their acreage. Okay, great. You can set up your rules. Yeah, yeah. But we're not talking to, to you, five people in the world. Yeah, city parks, community parks. Even even private disc golf parks mm-hmm. that are, you know, that pay-to-play parks. Mm-hmm. They're, they belong to, to to not you, to not yeah. just you. And there, I mean, you're, you have to know you're not the only one that plays there and that your actions can hurt more than just yourself. So yeah. if you choose to do these things, be smart about it, be responsible. And be courteous. Well, that's what's going to let us to keep these parks and to get more in yeah, the community. I absolutely. Mean, if they can show that, hey, we put a disc golf course in you know the park in this city, and it did really well, and you know people are starting to use the park, mm-hmm. and they're taking good care of it, and the local club is, you know, helping with maintenance and keeping things going, it's going to be so much easier to get another park yep. in that town or in the town over, because you can point to, hey, this is a really good successful thing that's happening here, and. We're running tournaments. We're getting people in. You know, 
you're on a tournament that has a positive impact on a community. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't travel for tournaments yet, and and you know this stage of my playing, and some people would if they're you know five months into it, but it's just not something I've taken the time to do. Mm-hmm. But if I go play a tournament at Roots, which is not near where I live, it's across town from where I live, I will stop at the local gas station. I will fill up, mm-hmm. or I'll stop and get a Gatorade or, or lunch. Yeah, and I'm putting some money into that part of the community that I wouldn't put in mm-hmm. otherwise. And you can get a you know a couple hundred people there on a Saturday that wouldn't normally be there. Yeah, that's a benefit to the community. Yeah, and if you can have something that's, uh, if you can beautify a park by actually having people care about it and maintain it and clear up, mm-hmm. we talked about before. We'll take the land that no one else wants. Like we'll take the trees and the scrubs and everything else. And if mm-hmm. we can you know get permission to go in and and clean it out and make it nicer, we'll put some holes in there and make your park nicer. Uh, those are the people that are going to get it done and get the park in the rest of us that then use the park, please keep it nice. Mm -hmm. Please don't make their work in vain. And I think that, I mean, using any park and keeping it nice is something that disc golf can do that not many other things can do. Absolutely. We can take the shrubby tree filled random up and down parks or not even parks, just empty spaces. Yeah. Turn them into a well, course. Well, they're technically parks because the city owns them and they don't want to do anything else yeah, with them. Yeah, that's a nature space or something yeah. that they can't do anything with. We can use it. We can put a course in. And as we play, we can develop this course. We mature it. We can clean it up. We can clear out dead yeah. branches, dead everything. And we can actually improve a space and look yeah. very good to a community. Yeah. That's yeah. an alternative to trashing these parks. Well, and... Um don't want to get into this debate, but as you're saying that, I'm thinking of a, a park near my old house in Oceanside, California, and it was a park on the map, but it was just a plot of, plot of land. And I'm thinking back now, and you could put a nine, you could put nine holes there mm-hmm. uh, fairly easily, and some holes would be kind of fun because there's some a steep elevation spot. Mm-hmm. Um, if you put some railroad ties and make some stairs or something, you could have kind of a fun little hole, little course. Right now, it's a homeless encampment, and I'm not really encampment where there's tents set up, but like. If there's any kind of tree coverage or anything, there's there's homeless people living there. I have a soft spot spot in my heart for homeless people, but that's not the place that that's safe for them mm-hmm. or safe for the community around them. There's you know multi million dollar homes on the hill above this little park, and uh, there've been instances. There's been robberies. There's been assaults. There's been you know my my mom's house was not far from there. They have a little kind of guest house thing. It was completely ransacked by somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so if you can. So the city right now just goes in every 18 months or so and just kind of brush mows it, mm-hmm. and that's what gets rid of people. But okay. if it was someplace that had people coming through all day and playing and maintaining it and clean, clean it clear, mm-hmm. that would save that effort from the city, and it would it would absolutely be a benefit to the yeah. community. Yeah. So. so let's be a benefit to communities. Yeah. Let's, yeah, let's let's change the image. And change it, by change the image, I don't mean – Dress like me or dress like Chris. No. I, wear your heavy metal t-shirts. Wear whatever you want. Whatever you want. Wear your cutoffs and your midriffs. Just improve the space mm-hmm. that you're playing in. And I'm positive that there's dudes that, that people would look at and go like, that guy can't be a good person that are awesome. Mm-hmm. I've, I've met a handful of disc golfers. I have already. Yeah. yeah. That, are, that are just awesome and keeping it clean and they don't litter and they don't. And if they do vape, they're not dropping their little cartridges everywhere. Mm-hmm. And if they do drink, they're not. They're you know making sure they Pack collect all their stuff. Yep. Yeah, and it's um, and if their dog is off the leash, they're picking up after it and they're throwing the bags away, which I found today. You know, just bags yeah. tied up, yep. which is I guess better than just leaving it out. But it was seven feet from a trash can. Oh man, so. It's like on hiking trails. It just it's like lining a trail. Yeah, and I, I'm I don't mind when you're doing a cir- circuitous route, like mm-hmm. on a hike or on playing disc golf. Pick it up on the way back. Yeah, I'm fine with that. But pick but it I up was on the, the way only back one on the course. Yeah, but so yes. But remember to do that second half. Yes. Yeah. So the things can happen, <laughs> and it's better that you tie it up because that makes it much easier for the next person. But you know, uh, well, that's kind of a lot. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Um, Did we not get to anything on your list? Or? I got to my list. I'm trying to think back to the message other um, than the the rules-guided Oh, we talked about having player. a tournament yeah. uh, potentially so for I, intermediate rec players. I like the idea of uh, newish players, maybe rec intermediate or novice intermediate or something. Yeah. 
um, where you have an advanced or intermediate or open player who knows the rules walk with you. So if you have questions, you can ask them. I would totally do that. Um, we could probably find enough people willing to. Yeah. So I don't know if we can put together a tournament, but Chris and I were talking before the show about maybe doing a clinic before a tournament mm-hmm. or something later on the summer. So write in, let us know. But the kind of what we thought is get some of the local pros or mm-hmm. I guess they don't have to be pros, but people that are experienced players that are very familiar with what's going on. And you know that, that community better than I do. So I'm not going to say any names. Um, but, uh, that can not just certainly can be a skills clinic. If you want to do part of it, like, you know, this is how you Mm -hmm. try to, you know, not round out your throws or how to, you know, sink a putt. But, uh, you know, here's, here's common things where people get called on a footfall or Mm -hmm. here's, you know, something that, you know, you can do when your throw is out of line and you can't, even when you're throwing blind, you know, or, or some ways that you can try to remember to watch your other, some of the things we talked about. Yeah. So if you're interested in something like that, if you feel like that would be helpful for you, uh, write in and let us know. And if you're, we, we certainly can try to host something like that locally, which I think would be great yeah. to, try to host an event. I'll reach out locally as well. Yeah. Um, and hopefully the summer we can get that going. But if you live uh, in, you know, places unknown, and you want to do that in your own local community, I'm sure there are pros yeah. who would be happy to do that. And if you happen to be listening and feel like you're qualified to, to kind of host something like that, Reach please out. do. Let yeah. us know how it goes because that sounds awesome. Yeah. My my idea would be to do either like a two-part clinic where we get a few of us out there to teach some disc golf and then either same day or I guess different day, but do a clinic where it's new players, totally welcome, no dumb questions, teach you rules, answer whatever you've got. Like, we just like this game. We want to yeah. help people. Every every pro I've met is a friendly person. So don't ever hesitate to reach out to somebody near you who's really good or knows a lot or you look up to because that's how we get places. Yeah. You have to and ask questions. Grow the sport really isn't just something that people say. Like, that's really something that people intend to do, I've experienced for the yeah. most part. I've, I've run into a handful of people who are not – pleasant people and that may have just been they were on a bad day or whatever it is but you know you 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 try to spark up a conversation and they're less than friendly Mm -hmm. but that's by far the exception to to you know the normal people like yeah i mean i go out and play by myself a lot and i i'm usually fine playing by myself because i know i've got just a short amount of time i'm gonna play six holes and and head out Mm -hmm. uh but if I say like, "Hey, can I throw this hole with you guys?" or "Can I can I jump in your group?" Always, yes, always, mm-hmm. yes. I mean, unless it's like a super full card, then you know I wouldn't even ask. But mm-hmm. uh, I think the only time that I got even like a second glance on that was they were doing like a work tournament. Okay, and so they were like, uh, uh, "Sure, Actually, yeah." It just took them a second to realize, like, "Yeah, we you can throw with us. You're just not going to get scored." Yeah, with us. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's a it's a good community and everywhere like. Yeah. You know, people that that ride into the show and people that listen to the show aren't just from our local community here. It's it's good folks. Yeah. So the only exception I can think of is if it's a tournament situation, don't interrupt somebody's round to ask no. them a question. No. Some people are totally cool with it. Like I've yeah. seen signatures signed mid round and it didn't affect them. I personally don't care. I'm not good enough to care. Like if you want to come talk to me, I'll totally talk. Um but those top guys don't interrupt a round to ask them a question. It, in a tournament, just yeah. anyway. Like there, there's, we've talked about this before. Like you, you don't try new things in a tournament. You play your game in a tournament. Mm-hmm. You practice everything else. Uh, if you're there in the gallery watching, like just wait for them to finish out. Or, mm-hmm. or if you see that there's five, you know, they're waiting on a hole and they're, they're going to be there for 10, 15 minutes. Maybe that's a better time. Yeah. But <laughs> certainly don't shout out in their backswing. Hey, can you sign my desk? Especially when it's not even their brand. So. Ooh, awkward. <laughs> But yeah, courtesy, courtesy, courtesy. Yeah. Paul, can you sign my destroyer? I've seen destroyer would be good. I've seen him sign sign a disc mid round. Can you sign my Emac truth? He'd probably do it. I'm sure he would, but just unfazed. Don't, don't don't scream it at his backswing. I did not tell you it's okay to do that though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm telling you it's not like, uh, just, just wait for an opportune moment. Yeah. Anytime out of a round, they're pretty cool. Yeah. Everybody's pretty cool. Sure. Yeah. Well, and that's, Part of being a good ambassador of the sport, and our top pros are pretty good ambassadors for the sport. One more note on talking yes. to pros. Don't treat them like gods. Just go talk to them like people. They're people. They're cool people. Don't be scared. Don't be giddy. Just go hang out. Go say hi. Yeah, I posted on our page um, something that uh, Bobby, Cool Daddy Slick Breeze, mm-hmm. 
shared through their uh, Disc Golf Answer Man, but it was a practice round with you and uh, Eric Oakley. Yeah. And uh, you can see pretty clearly that uh, Eagle was mm-hmm. one of the players that you were walking around mm-hmm. with and did not, like, he's definitely one of the top players out there yes. and just seemed as laid back as everyone else on the cart. And I, I've met three or four of the other people that I was seeing in that mm-hmm. video. I've never met him. He seemed just as cool. He yeah. also seemed to really like your uh, Ballista Pro when he held it. Yeah. I mean, they're good. No, but we're all, I mean, we're all goofballs. Yeah. We'd play because it's fun. And especially in practice rounds, like we played at that putter only par four. Yeah. And Eagle threw straight out of bounds. And so we all harassed him about it. Like the, one of the best players ever threw just a terrible shot. And so we gave him a hard time about it. Yeah. They didn't actually show Eagle throw too much on that. But. No, just that one. And it was, yeah. You just heard Eric shout so overstable yeah. like Eric does. <laughs> so, yeah, it's. It's a good community. It's laid back people. Uh, I've I have met you know professional athletes, and sometimes they're not cool, like not disc golf athletes, but you know professional yeah. basketball players or baseball players or football players. Um, I had a cousin that played in the NFL for a bunch of years, and you know met some of his friends or or was around some of that a little bit, mm-hmm. very little bit. And some of them are super kind and like, yeah, what's up? And you know, give you a big hug and like, oh, you're fam too. And some of them just no, like mm-hmm. talk to the hand and, and they're gone. Yeah. And that's fine. But, and if you catch someone when they just threw a terrible round and they're super frustrated, you know, or they just lost five strokes in their last round, yeah, they're probably not going to be super effervescent at that point. Yeah. But don't hold it against, don't them. hold it against. We them. all do it. Like, and it's, you're exactly right. No one, no one in the sport is a God. Some of them throw pretty darn close to it. Some of them could confuse you if you watch them play. Yeah. But, uh, everybody's, Everybody's pretty approachable and pretty good. Yeah. So if you see me out on the course, you'll have no idea what I look like, and that's fine. But <laughs> I, if you listen to the show and you see me out there, please let me know. That would be that'd be cool. That would make my day. I did find out I'm not the tallest person. Oh, Jeremy's got me. Jer- Big Jeremy. Mm-hmm. By like a quarter inch, oh, no. I was devastated. Well, I, I I yeah, that one hit me hard. We need to call you Big Les. <laughs> no. No, the glass bow. No, not not working. Okay, all right. No. <laughs> well, someday we'll figure something out. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Uh, let us know what you thought about this episode. We, we may have ruffled some feathers, but I hope not. Like we talked about, never be... never bad intentions. Just yeah, points of discussion. Well, and it's just an effort to kind of grow the sport, and and we do the show specifically for people that of all levels getting into the sport. Um, you know, for me getting in and trying to find out some stuff i realized oh yeah go go play some people would say like oh go go look at some in the bags or go look on youtube for things and it's like mm-hmm. great that is awesome for people who know what they're doing uh, yeah if i don't know what i'm doing i've got to try to fill in the blanks here so i'm trying to fill in the blanks and chris is going to explain the blanks that i miss yep so that's that's what the show's for is for for people to to be out there and so if we can talk about some do's and don'ts mm-hmm. that's helpful i mean i i'm i'm fairly new to shooting you know, I got into that in the last year or so, like not even seriously, but somewhat seriously. And uh, recently watched some do's and don'ts videos of what to do with a range. And most of it was like, oh, yeah, that seems pretty, pretty reasonable to me. But it's little things like that you wouldn't think about, like always leave your weapon at the station. And if there's a problem, you can go. Then you leave it and then go get the guy to come help you. Don't don't don't, don't wave a gun around. Yeah, basically. And, uh, you know, so if this is helpful for you getting into disc golf, some do's and don'ts of the sport, please let us write us, let us know, write in and let us know. We could do a bunch more of these that are yeah. just playing. I mean, it was kind of rule based and yeah, it etiquette based. It wasn't necessarily our intention, but, but we yeah, can do that way. Yeah. We can do another one on like yeah. getting into the sport and getting discs and getting opinions. And yeah. And if you guys have, uh, topics that you'd like us to talk about, uh, write in if you want us to do a whole episode on something. Let us know. We're, we're open to it. We're running out of ideas. I just like talking disc golf. But yeah, it's fun. And uh, so until next time. Yeah, please do. Um, Proamdiscgolf at gmail.com. Proamdiscgolf on Twitter and Instagram. And Facebook.com. Proamdiscgolf. Mm-hmm. Facebook's mostly what we use because by that, Facebook and email. Uh, yeah. Most of our questions come from email. But we will get them from Facebook, as we just saw. Uh, or you can find our P.O. Box on our Facebook page and send us a letter. That's fine, too. Also, if you work at Community Disc Golf, please send me that mystery box. I'm still waiting on that. Um, not, I'm not really waiting on that. Also, this is this is a personal plea. Um, 
prodigy. When are you going to start making those practice bags again? <laughs> Anyone in disc golf that's been around me for a little while knows that I am so frustrated by the fact that I cannot find one of these things. My, my trunk is looking a little bit shabby. I want to clean it up. I'm happy to pay for it. I don't want to pay 50 bucks for the only other bag that's out there twice as much. So, or if you happen to be another company and you're coming out with something like that, let me know. Cause I would, I would love to have a good field bag. So that's it. Anything else you want to ask just the world for the random universe? Be good people. Be uh, kind. That's, that's better than, than mine. <laughs> you want a, a practice bag and I want people to be kind. Yeah. That's, that's more noble. Well, that's <laughs> awkward. Well, we'll see you next time, listeners, and thanks so much. Until then, keep throwing plastic. Cheers.